Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbuttoned, the final regular season Mega Picks podcast on New Year's Eve. Happy New Year in advance. Please be safe tonight. Be smart. and You'll be smarter on Sunday if you listen to us. Maybe. You never know. Money back guarantee for the quality of the picks that are about to be provided over the course <laughs> of the next hour or so in this joint effort presented by Verizon. Chris, hello. Hello. Good evening. Good afternoon. Whenever this is on, 5 p.m. Eastern is when we're on, although peel back the curtain, we're taping it a little bit earlier than that because uh, that's just what we do on Thursday mornings. We tape this thing and uh, we make our picks and off we go. Hi, Chris. Hey, what's up, man? Always, always fun. Um, I you, you changed between doing the show in the last hour into Raiders gear after yes. getting like I'm the masses. Ce- I'm celebrating their playoff. Oh, oh yeah, yeah! I'm You're celebrating real... their win on Saturday night over the Miami. Oh, oh well, <laughs> man, you are you you've been brutal on the Raiders lately. Brutal on Gruden. So what are you trying to do? Get like a little bit of a like a last second kiss up session here before the, no, the regular no, season ends? No. Okay, this I is just trolling. All right, nothing but trolling. And as I've told you before, my original favorite team when I was a young child and I had a helmet with a pencil sharpener in it, and I don't know why in the hell anybody would give a four-year-old a pencil sharpener, it was the Oakland Raiders. And it had that pencil sharpener crammed up inside the guts of the helmet. And that was my initial favorite team. So in honor of that and nothing else, and maybe to troll John Gruden a little bit, I've got my Raiders gear on. Okay. So. All right. We'll we'll deal with that. You're obviously trolling him. I mean, you, you tried to start like a – you know, a riot in the streets to get the guy, no, you know, I, on the hot seat. I, I don't, few weeks. No, no, that's not what I tried to do. I'm stating the obvious. Anybody else who's performed the way he has for the last three years would at least be in the conversation of guys who possibly would be fired. And I'm right. I'm absolutely right about it. And other people around the league agree with me, but that's for another day. Yes. Okay. Let's start with the one o'clock. Oh, before we get to that. Yes. Let's, let's wallow in my misery as Chris, once again, beat me 11 and 5 Chris was straight up against the spread last week I was 9 and 7 he was 9 6 and 1 against the spread I was 6 9 and 1 but at least in the category about which I give a crap I was 2 and 1 he was 2 and 1 and there it is look at that 23 21 and 4 the money category that's where I lead Chris you can have the other categories I know you can puff out your chest because if if you were included 
along with me and and uh, some sort of vague website out there that's stupid enough not to have our picks in it, and I'm not going to mention what the website is, and I even said before the show I'm not going to mention it, but maybe I'm drinking early today. I'm not. I'm just having fun. Uh, Chris would be number two, apparently, tied for number two. With my straight Chris up Chris is picks. having a great year. Right. I'm not, but best bets, because winning I'm money. winning on best bets, that's important to me. It if is. If I was winning on straight up, then that would be important to me. Well, listen, I, I stated all along, I'm pissed off you're winning in, in, in any category, okay? And it ain't over yet. I'm going to catch you. I'm going to catch you in best bets before we get to the Super Bowl. I'm just telling you. But – I, it'll be tough. I don't Chris, know. Chris, you're we're ten do games it. underwater. How are you going to catch me? I'm above 500. You're ten games under 500. I'm only ten. five games back in the win column. That's not. We can All do right. that. We can. We can make that up. I'm, I'm still. I'm not giving up hope yet. I did go into the year with the goal of beating you in best bets in the straight up. That was the thing that was most important to me. But yeah, you're doing awesome, man. You really are. You got to. As I've said since we started working. Your spaghetti and meatballs gut is very impressive. I've always thought that. You continue to always have a good feel for the most part of the right game to bet on, and that's where I'm stupid. I just can never pick that right game. It started really, really well, and I've just been trying to hang on the past several weeks. I was happy to be 2-1. and one. We've had several weeks where we were both either 1-2 and two or 0-2-1 oh, or some crap like that. Let's start with the picks for this week. The 1 o'clock games, the less meaningful games of the week, but they're still football games. They're on TV, and we pay attention to them. And we begin with the Jets taking on New England. And whoever would have dreamed that the Patriots would be only a three-point favorite against the woeful and pitiful and awful Jets – but lately, the Patriots have been woeful and pitiful and awful. Who do you have winning that one? Chris? Well, yeah, I mean that, and you know, let's also not forget that really the Jets outplayed them the first time. I mean, the the Patriots had to come back and play almost perfect football in the second half of a game to squeak out a win against the New York Jets. I don't think it's going to be a whole lot different this time either, though. I think we're going to get a close, you know, physical, low-scoring football game. I expect that. You know, I think both teams, even though there's nothing on the line. You know, I, I do think that both teams want to end the year on a positive note. The Jets have won two in a row. It'd be great for them. And I think Adam Gase, who knows he's probably going to get fired to end off beating Belichick and them. I also think Belichick and company are going to want to end the year on the right you know, foot, too, and go into the offseason with a little bit of a positive vibe. I'm going to go with the Patriots in a close football game. I don't feel great about this. I'm going Patriots 17-14 in a defensive run game slugfest. Chris, you've done it again. Oh. One more time. 17-15. Don't pick the push. 17-15. Yes. The the Jets with the cover, the Patriots with the win. Yes. I'm going 23 Patriots, 16 Jets. A seven-point win for the New England Patriots. And it does seem like the hammer is going to fall on Adam Gase. But when you look at some of the things that Gase has said about Belichick and some of the things that Belichick has said about Gase, they need a quarterback's coach in New England, and I have a feeling that's where Gase is going to land when the dust settles on the hiring cycle in 2021. So, yes, the Patriots complete the sweep. It's not going to be pretty, and it's just one of those games that, that they have to play because it's on the schedule. It means nothing to anyone for playoff purposes, one of a small handful of games that mean nothing. Here's one that means something. The Miami Dolphins trying to get back to the postseason for the first time since 2016. They go to Buffalo. Buffalo's a two-point favorite. Sean McDermott, the coach of the Bills, said on Thursday morning he still hasn't made a decision about what to do, but he's going to do what's in the best interest of his team and his players, which would tend to imply 
guys are going to get some rest, which opens the door for the Bills to possibly lose that game to the Dolphins. They're currently two-point favorites with an over-under of 44-and-a-half. Chris, who do you have? Yeah, I mean, it's a tough call because you don't know really what to expect. I mean, I do think that he could quite possibly just, you know, when you go through Wednesday and Thursday and you're saying you're still not sure, that means your first team offense and defense are still practicing and they're getting prepared for the game. It's not like he's made the decision to, hey, you guys rest, and now we're going to get the backups practicing and doing all that. You know, we've talked about the aspect of, you know, if I'm Buffalo, the, my biggest goal this weekend is just to avoid Baltimore in the wild card round. I, I, I got to think there is some sort of scoreboard watching or worry about that to a degree. At least I would be worrying about it. I know you can't, like, totally control it there. Also, to your point, you know, you got a chance to knock out a division rival and a division rival, too, that matches up pretty well with you. That's where I would be scared. You know, that's, oh, that great secondary and that defense who doesn't allow a lot of points and those cover corners and they cause turnovers and all those things. Do you really, you know, want to have to deal with the Dolphins at some point either? Either way, I'm going at it as Buffalo's going to play their starters for the majority of the game, and I think they're going to win the game. I'm going to go 30-20 to 20 Buffalo. Hey, all those out there who are thinking about betting this game, of course, pay attention to what they say and do that as we get closer to the game. But I'm going into it approaching it as Josh Allen, they're hot, pedal to the metal. They had a late week, a late season bye week this year. They should be pretty fresh. They're rolling. I wouldn't want to break that momentum. 30-20 to 20 Bills. Yeah, and look, this is not a game that I would touch yeah. until I know what's happening come Sunday right. we're making the picks on Thursday not making excuses we understand this is part of the reality we got to make the picks and I'm with you I've got Bills 27 Dolphins 23 but who knows what's going to happen I have a feeling it's going to be like week three of the preseason where we're going to see the Bills starters for all of the first half and maybe a drive of the second half and then put them on ice and let them have some time off and not worry about the Dolphins winning the game but you know, if there is a way to engineer not playing the Ravens, I'm with you, Chris. I would try to do that if I were the Bills. But there's only so much control I think I you can exercise over this process. At some point, you just got to let it play out, and we'll see if the Dolphins are able to rise up with this this uh, scenario they're facing of lose and they're quite possibly out, win, and they are in. All right, next game on the docket, the Baltimore Ravens. 13-point favorites on the road at Cincinnati. It's winning in for the Ravens, who lost to the Bengals three years ago in Week 17 to miss the playoffs. Ravens are hot. Bengals are two. Over under 44-and-a-half, who do you have? Yeah, well, of course I'm going with the Ravens. I am. I mean, I, I respect the Bengals for how tough they're playing. Zach Taylor, you know, the way his team's played for him. Tough football, competing, defense still plays with intensity, all that. You know, trying to instill a little bit of a winning culture that can maybe carry over to 2021. You know, I don't think they're going to fall asleep at the wheel, but I think, you know, you just said it. Like, Baltimore's going in the right direction for, for me. I mean, it's going this way. We've seen it the last few weeks. It's getting scary. That, that Monday night magical game against the Browns, I, I do think catapulted them a little bit and, you know, gave them a little bit of a confidence, whatever, you know, second gasp of air. But the way the running game's working against this Cincinnati defense who can't really stop the run, yeah, I just, I worry about that. And the Bengals offense, it's been better lately. We've seen it make plays, definitely. Receivers are scary, running game going a little bit. But just like the Ravens offense, Baltimore's defense is starting to really peak too. They've, they've gotten back to where they're pretty healthy on the defensive side of the ball, and I think they're going into Week 17 and into the playoffs, 
you know, playing about as good football as they can play. And I'm going to go with Baltimore to dominate this game, Mike. 34-17, to Baltimore wins. I've got 34-20. We think about it the exact same way. I think the fact that the Ravens lost to the Bengals in that Week 17 game three years ago will be a positive, even though there's a lot of guys there now who weren't there. Three, but it's still there. how much a roster changes in yeah. three years, but it's still there. John Harbaugh told me earlier this week it's something he was going to allude to with his guys, but he doesn't want them to be tight. Keep pushing, keep fighting. They've been great the past several weeks. And, I, look, I don't think the Bengals are going to roll over, but I think the Ravens are that good at this point that even if the Bengals are playing to their full capacity, the Ravens still get it done 34-20, clinching the playoff berth, and they become a dangerous team in the wild card round and possibly beyond. We'll stay in the division and stay in the state. Pittsburgh traveling to Cleveland. No Ben Roethlisberger. Mason Rudolph will get the start. Other Steelers players surely getting a rest. The Browns dealing with a COVID issue every day. Another positive here or there. Another name or two or more on the COVID-19 reserve list. Browns still favored by 10 points in this one, Chris. How do you see it playing out? I, You know, it, it is. I saw the 10 points at first, and I went, whoa, that's a lot. And then, you know, I uh, wrote down my score after thinking about it, and I was like, okay, I, I can see it being around that range. You know, I originally wrote down 27-17 and then looked at the spread and went, oh, man, I'm right there on it. And I went Browns 28-17. That's what I'm going to do for the football game. I am a little scared about that, though, as far as the spread covering part. You know, I don't know. I guess there's a part of me that thinks Cleveland could play a little tight in the football game, even though the Steelers will be playing backups. You know, they're still the Steelers. Okay, and the Browns, we know it's not – it is about their run game and things like that to where, okay, the Steelers, even with their backups, their physical football team, they're going to be in there worried about the run too. But I think ultimately where I really just go, okay, I just think with the Browns being desperate, the Steelers on a week off basically, and, you know, that run game, everything like that, and ultimately Mason Rudolph quarterbacking an offense that hasn't been great altogether anyways – I just I got to go with the Browns here. I mean, of course, I'm going Browns 28-17. I just can't see the Steelers mustering up enough offense uh, on that side of the ball. And I think with the way they throw and all that all the time, too, that just plays into the Browns' hands, their pass rush, everything like that. This is a different Browns team than the first matchup. Browns 28-17. Yeah, look, the Steelers' offense has been – predominantly pass-based, and Mason Rudolph, predominantly not a great quarterback. That really does add up to serious problems for the Steelers in a game that they don't seem to care about one way or the other. The Browns, if they can't win this game, they have no business being in the postseason. The question is, do they cover that 10-point spread? Man. I know. I I could see it being 20-17 to just as easily as I could see it being 28-17. I've got 24-20, and after listening to you, I thought about changing it. And last week when I listened to you in the Chiefs-Falcons game and changed it, it worked. So this week I'm not going to change it. I'm going to stick with my original instinct. I'm going to stick with the idea that the Browns win, but they don't cover. It's still a hard-fought close game. Too many Browns players absent. We don't know who all won't be there. I just think 10 points is a hell of a spread for the Browns to try to cover. And it's gonna be. I think it's going to be one of those games where – it's going to be a convincing win of less than 10 points. 
if that makes any sense. I hear you. Where it's not going to feel like they're in jeopardy. It's not like the Steelers are going to be at the two-yard line with five seconds left trying to go for the win. It's going to be – like, I I think it'll be 24-13, to and then there's some sort of a garbage-time touchdown by the Steelers to make it 24-20 after the Browns have called off the dogs. So that's why I'm sticking with 24-20. Okay. Although I do think the Browns win, and if they don't, they deserve all the criticism that comes along – with blowing their chance at the postseason, but they would at least finish 10-6 and six for the first time in 13 years. Next up, a game that is totally meaningless, the Minnesota Vikings at the Detroit Lions. Seven-point favorites are the Minnesota Vikings, even though Dalvin Cook won't be with the team. His father, only 46 years old, passed oh, away this week, so man. condolences to Dalvin Cook. This is just awful, awful stuff. Vikings have plenty of injuries. Surely they're trying to finish the season on a high note. I look at these two teams and I say, really, who cares about this last game? You're better off losing it and, and, and ending up with a higher draft pick, frankly. What's the difference between 6-9, and 7-9, and 6-10? and 10? Who really cares? But, uh, you know, whoever's on the field will be trying, Chris. Who comes out of this thing with the victory? Seven-point favorite, Vikings, 54-point over-under. Yeah, like, you're right. Who cares, right? Okay, and, you know, okay, there, there's that aspect. I expect it to be a lot of offense in this football game. I do. I mean, neither defense is good. I mean, we think Matthew Stafford's going to play, right? I mean, that's what I'm th- He did not practice yesterday. He's got rib, ankle, and thumb injuries. Man, yeah. Well, th- that's that's a game changer to me because I mean, of course, if if it's Chase Daniel, take fourteen points off the board, take ten points off the board. Who knows? I don't know. But that's really, I mean, at, at least that. And Matthew Stafford's worth that, and especially against the Vikings, who we know are you know capable of letting up a lot of big plays. So Matthew Stafford is is a huge aspect of this game. Uh, but I don't care even if he plays or doesn't. I'm picking the Vikings. You know, the Vikings won. Yeah, there's no Dalvin Cook, but we know they're going to they're gonna be able to run the football. I'm not, not going to have any doubt about that. I just think the Kirk Cousins, Mike Zimmer, you know, the Vikings are going to have a little more pride to want to finish the season out the right way. I do think that they'll want to be looking more at 7-9 and nine instead of 6-10. and 10. Where Detroit, it's over. That thing's getting blown up. See you later. Sayonara. Bye-bye. I think the Vikings will have a little more pride. That's all I'm going to break it down to because that's all it comes down to in this one. 31-27 Vikings. I got 27-17 Vikings, so you have the Vikings not covering. I think they will. And I think Mike Zimmer has been up their butts, Joe Boo, all week long after what happened on Christmas Day. And those Vikings defensive players are going to want to go out on a high note. Yeah. And, yeah, it sucks getting injured in the last game of the season and going into the offseason worrying about possible surgery and rehab and all that, they're not going to care. One game left, they're going to go for it, and they're going to handle the Lions, and I think they're going to cover, and I don't think it's going to matter other than it's going to give the Lions a little bit of a higher spot in the draft order and the Vikings a little bit of a lower spot. Dallas at the Giants. Uh, The Giants are two-point favorites in this game. I'm looking at this, and it's like, yeah, Dallas is the No, they're underdogs. The Giants are the underdogs. Minus plus. Hey, don't put me around a car battery with the red and the, you know, positive negative. Don't you don't want that. No. The Cowboys are the two point favorites over the Giants. Forty four and a half point underdog. What threw me is it's a one o'clock game. You would expect Dallas and the Giants to be at four twenty five PM Eastern. How the mighty have fallen in the NFC East. The winner still has a chance to win the division. Chris, who wins this game and by how many? I mean, uh, this is a close one. I I think the New York Giants really match up well with the Dallas Cowboys. I I really do in a lot of ways. 
You know, I do wish Daniel Jones was a little healthier and could move move and run a little bit. You know, that would be big in this game because the Cowboys have the worst run defense in football. The Giants do have an overpowering offensive line at times. You know, but there's just not a lot of lot other things to worry about in that Giants offense, and that allows teams to, you know, put all their eggs into the stop-the-run game basket. But they should be able to get some one-on-one matchups with Darius Slayton, who tore them up the last time. You know, I know Dallas is playing better. There's no doubt. If I'm the New York Giants, my the big thing to me, and this is why I'm going to take the Giants to win this football game, Mike, I just, I don't know, Sunday, NFC East, out here in New York, I don't, I'm just, I think they match up well. And the biggest reason I'm going to take them is because of their D-line. I could see them using a similar type of game plan that they did with the Seattle Seahawks, which was basically don't let Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf beat us. That's got to be the approach to me with the Dallas Cowboys. It's don't let these receivers beat us. So play too deep, play too deep, play too deep, and let your Giants, like literally and figuratively, your Giants on the D-line, Stop the run game. It's not an overly impressive run game by the Cowboys. I'm going to play that Patrick Graham comes up with something special, and the Giants find a way to win this football game 20-17 to at home. 20-17, to G-Men. I think your Giants fandom is influencing Maybe. your assessment of this one. The Cowboys have started to figure it out, and the Cowboys have had a talented roster all year. And, yes, the loss of Dak Prescott in the last Giants-Cowboys game with that badly broken ankle, that has made it harder for the Cowboys to be as good as they can be. But they have improved. Ezekiel Elliott, after hearing this talk of maybe Tony Pollard should be the starting running back, we saw a higher level of performance from him. Andy Dalton played well. They've got too many receivers to cover. C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, there's too much there for the Giants to deal with I think and also the possibility that the Cowboys end up winning the division and hosting a playoff game that gives them an extra kick too they can prove a lot of people wrong there was that salty Ezekiel Elliott comment earlier this week if you gave up on us five or six weeks ago we don't want you back on the bandwagon well hey yeah you may win the division at seven and nine good for you Jack but still that's enough I think for the Cowboys to pull it off and I, I I'm I'm astounded I just assumed all week and this is why I screwed up who's the favorite who's the underdog I saw this as a one o'clock game and I think this isn't a one o'clock game it's 425 p.m Eastern it's the Cowboys and the Giants how is it not 425 p.m Eastern the mere fact that they put this at one o'clock just tells you how little sizzle there is in that division Washington and Philly gets the primetime game and these guys are relegated to one o'clock Eastern. This used to be the game the networks would get into a tug-of-war over. Cowboys-Giants. Got to have Cowboys-Giants. It's a huge rating. It's a big game. 1 o'clock Eastern. But uh, I, still th- I still think the Cowboys pulled it off. And if Washington loses on Sunday night, the Cowboys will be hosting most likely the Buccaneers. And speaking of the Buccaneers, Atlanta at Tampa Bay. What's your Bay. score for that Dallas-Giants? Oh, 27-20. 27-20. Okay. Cowboys win. 27-20. Cool. Is that what I got? Yes, 27-20. All right. Let's move on to the Atlanta Falcons and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucks, six-and-a-half-point favorites, over-under of 50.5. Bruce Arians has said repeatedly they are playing to win. They want the five seed because they want to go play the NFC East champion next weekend. Who do you have and by how many, Chris? Well, I, I mean, I'm going to take the Buccaneers to win the football game. I mean, I think they're playing really good football, but I don't think this is going to be just like some like landslide. You know, I, you know, again, Atlanta, no matter how crushing the defeat is the week before, they always come back and play competitive. I got that's where I, you know, Matt Ryan, Raheem Morris, that group there. I mean, they they come to compete. 
And, you know, outplayed the Chiefs in a lot of ways last week and lost that football game. I think they'll compete again. I think they'll make plays on the offensive side of the ball and score a few points and, and keep the game competitive throughout. I just think ultimately Brady and the Buccaneers' offense is, is too good. I think it's one of those games where, you know, the Buccaneers are always controlling it, but, you know, you just feel like, ooh, if they make one mistake, Atlanta's going to be in this and maybe could pull it off. I'm going to go 31-24 Bucks in this one. I, I disagree with you on this one. I think between blowing the 17-point halftime lead to Tampa Bay two weeks ago, having the the blown opportunity to beat the Chiefs, I think the tank is empty for the Falcons. I think it's time to pack it up and go home. 34-20, Buccaneers win, and it may not be that close. I just hate picking blowouts. Like I really wanted to pick a blowout last night of the or last week of the Bills over the Patriots, and I didn't do it. I want to do it here. I won't. 14 is enough. Bucks win. 3420. We take a break, and when we return, we start diving into a mammoth late afternoon slate for Week 17. We'll do that on PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbuttoned right after this. All right, let's get into the late afternoon games here on PFTPM. Chris Sims Unbuttoned presented by Verizon. Let's start with one of the meaningless games in the late afternoon window. My Las Vegas Raiders. Yes, my Las Vegas Raiders. Did I hit the right side there? My Las Vegas Raiders against the Denver Broncos. Vegas is favored by two and a half, according to points. Uh, according to points bet. Who do you like, Chris? Well, you know this is one. I mean, no meaning in the game, right? So it, you got to go into just like what you think. I try to put myself in, you know, the shoes of back in the day, maybe when I was in these type of positions and everything like that. Both teams are going to want to end on a positive note, no doubt about that. You know, I think ultimately, though, I think it's going to be more important to the Raiders. I do. You know, the fact the Broncos already got 5-10. and 10. I do think there's a thing in football with double-digit, you know, losses. You know, as far as a team doesn't want to be 6-10, and 10, they'd rather be 7-9. and nine. You know, and then, okay, I'd rather be 8-8 eight and eight rather than 7-9 because you could say I was 500 one year, all right? And you have, you know, eviscerated John Gruden the last few weeks and his, and his record with the Raiders and everything hey, like wait, that. Wait, wait. I know. He, he has eviscerated himself. You're I have right. just noticed the entrails laying on the floor. I know. When I'm no just, one else will. I'm just giving you a hard time. But either way, what you've said is the reality of the situation, and you've made it a little bit more of a public thing to where I think the Raiders and Derek Carr and everybody are going to be a little aware of that. And I think they're going to want to end the season at 8-8 eight and eight and to be able to say they're 500. I'm going to go with them. I don't totally trust Drew Locke and company there yet. Uh, I'm going to go Raiders 28-24. I think there'll be a lot of fun, explosive plays on the offensive side of the ball, but I'm going to go the Raiders. Hey, let me tell you, if they are looking for motivation in Week 17 and finding it, in me pointing out the obvious flaws and failures of the team since John Gruden returned, they got far bigger problems than I ever would have imagined. I still like the Raiders to win this game by the score of 24 to 17. I like them to cover the over-unders 51. I don't think there's going to be that many points. I just think the Broncos, like, you know, Vic Fangio's got his vote of confidence. He'll be back. The Raiders salty after the way things have gone down. This is a way for them to kind of pull the train into the station, feeling good about themselves. 
and looking for a brighter future that may or may not be there. We'll see in 2021. Let's move on to a game that is also meaningless because one team is the one seed and the other team is done. But the Chargers have won three in a row. They're trying to wrap up on a high note with four straight victories. They are three and a half point favorites because Patrick Mahomes will not be playing. Chad Henney gets the start for the Chiefs. Will the Chargers go into Arrowhead Stadium and beat the fighting Chad Hennies by more than three and a half points, Chris? Yeah, I do think they will. A little of the same logic I just said. You know, again, I think Anthony Lynn, who hasn't been given the notice that he's going to get fired, I think he's going to look at it and go seven and nine is going to look a lot better than six and ten. That's going to be important to them. And I think the Chiefs, they're worn out. They're worn out. Like you've said a million times, the bullseye's been on their chest all year long. They're taking the week off. Mahomes has been hit so much the last few weeks. I really think if I could put myself, I would think Andy Reid is taking this week as the bye week in a lot of ways for his players to where next week he can have some real practices so they don't lose their form and kind of can get into top form by the time a divisional round comes around. So I think this is a total, like, chill-out, pina colada week for the Chiefs, and the Chargers think they have something to salvage here as far as their jobs. Chargers, 27-20. That's an excellent point because when I talked to Travis Kelsey after the win on Sunday over the Falcons and asked him how important it was to get that number one seed and get the week off, he said, whoa, 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 it's not a week off. And he started rattling off all the things that they do during the week off. So you're right. If you're going to have a week off, this is the week off. Yes. Next week, the work starts. And that's the mindset they have to have because you can't go into hibernation in late December, early January and expect to get the motor running quickly in the divisional round. Although we saw what happened last year. They got the bye week. They're down 24 nothing. They figure out how to come back and beat the Texans. But, yeah, I think next week, I think the message is this week's easy. Next week is work yeah. as we begin the process right. of getting ready for the divisional round. So we don't fall behind by 24 points and don't have to worry about these games where you're down double digits every playoff game. So I agree with you. I think the Chargers win and the Chargers win easily. And I'm looking for the pick. I've got the Chargers. I kept it close, even though it's three and a half point spread. I go 27, 23. It's probably going to be more than that. The Chargers to win the Chargers to cover Tennessee at Houston division title on the line for the Titans. They are seven and a half point favorites. The Texans going for the victory. Deshaun Watson playing, even though he's been banged around all year. Chris, who do you like? Well, I'm go- I like Tennessee. It is a little scary, in my opinion. You know, I mean, again, you know, Houston's offense, they, they can make plays. Deshaun Watson's still one of the best quarterbacks in football. You know, and against this crappy defense in Tennessee with no pass rush and inability to cover people, you know, it's a little like you saw with Rodgers last week. It's just it's a game that allows a really great, talented quarterback – to take over. And that's kind of what he did in the first meeting and kept it close that way. He took over. Their team wasn't as good as the Titans, but because there was no pass rush and they can't cover, he just scrambled and made plays and made great throws. And, you know, so I'm going to take the Titans, but only because the Texans defense is crappy. I mean, they are sucky ducky. And I, you know, he could get 2,000 yards this week, Derrick Henry, as far as he could get, what does he need, 223 yards to get there, right, Mike? Yes. I, I, he, I really think he'll flirt with that. I do. Um, but I think Watson will make some plays, too. I'm going Titans, 38-28. But I think it'll be a fun little bit of a scary game for the Titans as we go. 
I've got 34-21 Titans. They'll pull away and they'll make it an inevitable victory and an AFC South championship, but the Texans will not roll over. But by the second half, that's when I think the Titans will start to pull away and win that game. Also in the AFC South, the Colts trying to win and not scoreboard watch. Uh, They they could be the 11-5 team in the AFC that's on the outside looking in if if uh, the other teams that are 10 and five all win, they are 14 point favorites over the Jaguars who beat the Colts way back in week one. Chris, will the Colts cover the spread? Yes, they will. But I'm going to say barely. I mean, the Jacksonville offense, they, again, they're another unit. They've shown they can move the ball on just about anybody. They really have. Jay Gruden's done a great job there. doesn't matter who's at quarterback. And I think we got Glennon again this week, right? You know, Glennon again. Yeah. And even without James Robinson, they were able to run the ball a little last week too. But, I, I, you know, with the, the situation, the way it is, the Colts having to win to get in and need some help and all that, uh, I think they finished business here, and I think they win 35-20, to 20, so I got them barely covering. Yeah, I've got 34-17, or no, 31-14, either way, 17-point win and a cover. Uh, the Jaguars, I don't know what happened with Gardner Minshew, but for him to be healthy and not playing – uh, with with Mike Glennon on the field instead, James Robinson, their great rookie, he missed last week, he'll miss this week. I think it's going to be a tall order for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So Colts win, Colts cover, but they still may miss the playoffs. Let's take a break. We're going to flip over to the NFC late games Saturday after or Sunday afternoon, plus the Sunday night game between Washington and Philadelphia when PFTPM and Chris Sims unbutton continue right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. PFTPM, Chris Sims unbuttoned. We get into the late afternoon NFC games plus the primetime game presented by Verizon. Let's get into it. Beginning, Chris, with the New Orleans Saints, six and a half point favorites at the Carolina Panthers. Remember, it was a close game between the Panthers and the Saints earlier this year. Panthers playing for pride. Saints playing for 
a possible number one seed in the NFC. How many points do you have the Saints winning by? Uh, 13 is where I got it. You know, I mean, hey, the Panthers have played tough all year long. Uh, I do think the Saints got their mojo back last week. Another game under Drew Brees' belt. He looked good. You know, I think a lot of things are uh, – I'm going to sneeze, so hold on. Excuse me. Thank you. Uh, God bless you. Thank you very much. I knew it was coming. But I, I found a lot of last week, you know, with the run game, of course, was great. Hey, you know, the defense I still think is really awesome there in, in New Orleans. And the other thing that excited me about last week was Drew Brees' stat line. You know, it was a, not a lot of completions for a good amount of yards. And to me, I don't give a damn about 70% and all that stuff all the time. The league has changed. It's about big plays and things like that. And Brees had 19 completions for 311 yards. That's a dangerous offense. That's what I like to see. I'm going to go Saints 30-17. to 17. I think they're going to try to win and hopefully to get this three-way tie and something like that and at least go into the playoffs hot. Uh, I think they dominate. Yeah, I've got 31 to 17. I know Teddy Bridgewater would love to beat his old team, but he doesn't have the help around him necessary. Christian McCaffrey likely not going to make it back onto the field. We saw him for a couple of weeks before the ankle injury, and then he was back and he got the shoulder injury, and he's been gone ever since. I don't think we'll see him. That makes it a lot easier for the Saints. Alvin Kamara with the six-touchdown game. I think they just need to keep riding Kamara as far as he will take them. That diversifies the offense. That opens everything up, especially without Michael Thomas, who they hope to have back for the postseason. I've got 31-17. to 17. Saints should win this one easily, and who knows? Based on how the dust settles the rest of the day, they could end up with the road to the Super Bowl going through the Superdome. Seattle, minus six at San Francisco. Last year, it was these two teams in the last game. It was a classic down to the wire. 49ers are done. Seahawks have the Division One. They still have a chance at the one seed. Chris, who do you like and by how many? Well, I like Seattle, but I'm scared. I am scared a little bit. There, there's no doubt. Um the 49ers, I, I, I think, you know, first off, last week you heard, like, Kyle Shanahan talk about it a little bit. You know, them coming, ending the year on a positive note and letting the NFC West and the NFC know, like, hey, we'll be back next year and all that. I think that's a real thing. And, again, this is another team that's 6-9. and nine. You know, 6-10 and 10 looks a lot different than 7-9 and nine when it's all said and done to where I think they're going to they're gonna play good football. But ultimately – I think with what's on the line for the Seahawks, the Seahawks defense, the way it's played, I don't know if I totally trust C.J. Beathard, you know, coming out here and this is the the first time he started in a long time, right? Or I know he started last week. Uh, but but I, I guess all those things, I worry about it just a little. I think Seattle squeaks this out. I don't think this is easy. I'm going to go 24-21 Seattle. I've got Seattle in this one, 31-20. I just think that it's too much for the 49ers. They're at the end of the road. I said the same thing last week, though, and they beat the Cardinals straight up. But the Seahawks are still playing for something. And this is a weird kind of scoreboard-watching moment because there is a way the Seahawks can be the one seed. But if you see that the Saints are winning big, the Packers are winning big, it, it, it doesn't matter yeah, at that point. Right. And, and and then maybe maybe that's when we see Geno Smith go in for the Seattle Seahawks. I really do think that if you're the coach of the Seahawks and really any of these other teams, if it looks like 
the outcome of one of these other games that is directly relevant to you is going a certain way, that's when you implement the alternative plan where you try to keep guys healthy and fresh yeah. for the next week if it looks like you're going to be playing the next week. So I've got the Seahawks. I don't feel good about so many of these games this weekend because we just don't know where the motivation is going to be yeah. based on what happens in other games. 31-20 is my pick. Let's head now to the other game that will be of extreme significance to the Seahawks and to the Saints, the Green Bay Packers going to Soldier Field. The Packers. 25-6 and six under Matt LaFleur, heading into Soldier Field with an opportunity to nail down the one seed. They're five-and-a-half-point favorites over the Bears, over under 52. Chris, who wins this one? The Bears, who are trying to punch their playoff ticket, or the Packers, who are trying to nail down the one seed? Yeah, it's scary for the Packers. I mean, we know they're the better football team, but the Bears, the way they've played offense ever since they lost to Green Bay, it's been damn good. I think they're going to pose some problems for that Green Bay defense. I do. You know, Trubisky and the run game and the boots and things like that. We've seen Minnesota beat Green Bay that way with that formula right there. So I, 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 I would expect them to move the ball. Uh, not that I, I think they're going to score 30 points or anything like that, but I expect them to move the ball and have some success. You know, on the other side of the ball, that's where it's going to be interesting. To me, the big question is the Bears defense in this game. Bears defense, as I said on the show, have been leaking oil a little bit here lately. People have been running the ball. People have been moving, scoring points, doing all of that. Green Bay scored 40 on them, you know, the last time. That's what I'm really worried about. And, and listen, I can't believe I'm about to say this, Mike, but you know what? Green Bay, I mean, the Bears, they got to stop something in this game. The first time around, they tried to, like, oh, we'll try to stop a little of the run and a little of the pass, and they stopped nothing. It was, just, it was just run for 10, throw for 30, run for 10, throw for 30. They did nothing. At some point, you got to go, we are going to stop this and take our chances with that. And for me right now, if they want to win this game, you got to stop Green Bay's run offense. you got to. you you, you got to stop that. They're running the ball right now at a clip where I just go – they, they, you better, they're dominant. You better be careful. And I know that's crazy I'm saying that because it's Aaron Rodgers and everything there. I get that. But here's my logic. If you let them run the ball, and they've run the ball at all with a little success, you're done. Then Rodgers and the play-action pass and his boots and all that, he's going to tear your ass up. I mean, that's what he's going to do. So I would rather play, let's stop the run, and maybe that makes the play action and boots a little less effective. And Green Bay's drop-back pass game is not like the most creative thing I've ever seen in the world. And I would go, okay, we're going to stop the run, and I'm going to take my chances on my game planning and things like that to say I can stop a little of the pass in just some big moments, and we'll see where it goes from there. But I am taking Green Bay 27-24. to 24. I think it's going to be a close game. After Green Bay's most recent loss, the overtime defeat at Indianapolis, they have been on a tear. Their running game has been great. They uh, are well over 100 yards rushing every game for the last five. So, you know, it's a point well made, Chris, that that the running game has finally arrived for Green Bay just in time for the cold-weather games, just in time for the high-stakes games, and it's a great complement to a passing game that was led by Aaron Rodgers. And, yeah, if you take away the running game, you still got Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. That's right. But that that – that flexibility they currently have to keep a defense on its heels yeah. when your quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. It makes it a lot easier to win the game. I've got Packers 30, Bears 23. I, I kind of wanted to give the Packers another touchdown. I think it's going to get out of hand, and I think the Bears are just going to be hoping that the Cardinals lose to the Rams, and that's how the Bears 
finish one of the more unlikely playoff runs we've seen in recent years. Five and one, then lose six in a row, then wake up down the stretch. I think they back into the playoffs if they're going to get in at all. They're not. I, I would be stunned, stunned if they beat the Packers on Sunday because the Packers know the value of that one seed after yeah. beating the Titans in the snow on Sunday night of week 16. All right, let's uh, flip it over to the other game that will be directly relevant to the Chicago Bears. Arizona, minus three at the Rams. Rams, no Jared Goff, John Wolford at quarterback, no Cooper Cup. He tested positive for COVID-19. Running back, Daryl Henderson on IR. Cam Akers has a high ankle sprain. Malcolm Brown has a bad shoulder. They may have to go with some guys who have never had an offensive snap, at least not this year. It's going to be a potential mess for the Rams but on the other side of the ball, Kyler Murray, leg injury, says he's going to play. When he played with the shoulder injury earlier this year, he was clearly less effective. I worry about the Cardinals in this one, Chris, even with the diminished Rams. They still have Sean McVay. And, yeah, yeah, you can say all you want about John Wolford. He's been the backup all year long for a reason. McVay believes in him. And I have a feeling he's not going to play all that poorly when he gets the chance on Sunday. I, 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 I'm with you. And, you know, just I, I feel like you're going to pick the Rams to win the game. Just by what I heard you say, even with Green Bay, Chicago, you said Chicago might back into the playoffs, even lose it. So I think you tipped your hand there. Uh, uh, but, but I agree with you and what you just said, at least. I don't know where you're going to pick. Uh, the, the Rams, yes, they still have McVay in an effective offensive formula. I just by the way they talk, I feel like they expect Cam Akers to play. We don't know that, but I'm just speculating. Yeah, then if not, they're gonna might have to rely on some rookie running back. Okay, yeah, that's a little scary, but you know, as we've seen, there's a lot of running backs in this league that can you know move the chains and get first downs, whether we know them or not. Um, and and the big thing is is the Rams defense. The Rams defense is it's super, and it really matches up well with Arizona and this spread offense and all that stuff, you know, and then you're going to talk to me, Russell, I mean, uh, Kyler Murray not be, not, might not be able to run full speed. He can't run away or make a play against them when he is at full speed. I think he'll have a really hard time if he's not at 100%. They have Jalen Ramsey to shut down DeAndre Hopkins, Floyd and Donald to chase down Kyler Murray. I just think they match up too well, and their defense really dominated Arizona's offense the first time around. I'm going to go 2017 Rams, Mike, even with Wolford. I've got uh, 2720 Rams with Wolford. I just think Wolford's going to be a pleasant surprise, and I love the chaos that will flow from it when people say, why are we paying all that money to Jared Goff, Rams, if, uh, if you can put another guy in there and he can get it done? And I think he will get it done at least for one week. I, and I, and it, you know the way that plays out, the Cardinals are the ones who end up missing the playoffs at 8-8, eight and eight, and the Bears get in at 8-8 eight and eight as the seventh seed in the NFC. All right, Sunday night football, win and in for the Washington football team. One-and-a-half-point favorites at Philadelphia with an over-under of 43.5. If Washington loses, the winner of the Cowboys-Giants game wins the division. Chris, who will be representing the NFC East at home in the wild-card round? New York Giants. Here we go, Giants. Here we go. Here we go, Giants. Here we go. Yeah, that's right. I'm picking Philadelphia to beat Washington. I am. I mean, listen, I, I, this is a, it's a tough one to call. Washington plays close against everybody. You know, I mean, I really, I think we could bring a high school team out to play Washington, and they'd find a way to win the game 17-14. <laughs> to 14. Yeah, I mean, that's just what they do. So, 
You know, you can never just sit here and go, oh, Washington wins no matter what. Wait, wait. <laughs> I just I just had an image of yeah, Chase right. Young that might have been <laughs> being blocked by a high school offensive lineman. <laughs> right. You're right. That, that won't work. Uh, the, but you got my point or what I'm saying. They don't blow anybody out. So I expect it to be a close game regardless. Alex Smith playing, of course, I, I, what the happens there, that's a big factor in the game. You know, Taylor Heineke, I like what he can do, but he could easily, a guy hasn't played a lot, mess the game up too, you know, from that standpoint. I'm expecting Alex Smith. You know, we'll see Antonio Gibson, you said on the show today, still battling this turf toe injury. That's a, that's a real thing. Terry McLaurin, it doesn't look good for him. He was in a walking boot. He's the best player on their offense. He's the scariest weapon, you know, and I think – without all the weapons to worry about in the pass game and not a real crazy pass game to begin with with the football team, that I think Philadelphia will be able to stop the run game. And then I think with Jalen Hurts, like we've seen, you know, he's taken care of the ball for the most part since he's been a starting quarterback. Last week he threw an interception. I know. It was a desperate situation where he had to make a play, and he threw a pick. I'm going to go with the Eagles, ruining the party, Jim Schwartz talking about no hats game, right? He doesn't want to see division champ hats after the game, all that. And I think the Eagles with the pressure of the whole year are finally playing in a game where there's no pressure. I think they're actually going to thrive in it. I'm going Eagles 20 to 17. Big blue gets in the playoffs. Same page. Eagles 24, Washington 21, Washington tight. Eagles loose. Kind of like what we saw last week. Panthers loose, Washington tight. As you get closer and closer to that unlikely playoff berth, it really does become more difficult to, to calm your nerves. And for the Eagles, no nerves. No big deal. Let's go have some fun. It's a bowl game. And Jalen Hurts is going to, I think, play well. And Eagles fans will feel better about him in 2021. And they can finish 2020 with a bang and then figure out what the hell they're going to do with Carson Wentz. So we're on the same page. And that is the Sunday night game. When we return, we will look at our best bets plus our one pick. Our Folsom Prison Blues pick, the one pick if we were lying dead in a gutter that we would make this week. We'll do that when PFTPM and Chris Sims unbutton continue right after this. Best bets time for the final regular season Sunday of the 2020 NFL campaign. PFTPM and Chris Sims unbutton. Let's get right into it, Chris. Best bet time. We each have three. I'll let you go first. Well, I'm going to pick the Ravens in my first one. You know, again, Bengals been playing better football, but this isn't the right matchup for them right now. And the Ravens, I, I think, are hitting on all cylinders, offensively, defensively. Their run game is kicking butt. The Bengals have a really bad run defense. David Johnson and the Houston Texans ran for over 100 yards. Houston Texans can't run the ball. That's not good when Lamar and people are coming into town. So, yeah, I'm throwing Ravens 34-17 in a blowout, and I, I think it could be worse than that. I'm going to begin with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, six-and-a-half-point favorites over the Atlanta Falcons. I think the Falcons are broken after the last two weeks. They blew the 17-point lead at the half against the Buccaneers. Then they lost a game they could have and should have won against the Kansas City Chiefs. I just think it's over, it's done, and the Buccaneers trying to cement the five seed and also continue that, that, that burst that we've seen, that feeling that really – really landed at halftime of the win over the Falcons and carry that into the postseason. I think the Buccaneers win that game easily, Chris. Yep. Okay. I, 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 I'm be interested. That one's, I mean, I could see it going down that way. 
But, man, the Falcons, I, I thought they were going to give up like six different times this year, and they continue to be resilient and fight back. So we'll see. Uh, I think it'll be a little closer than you do. Uh, my turn, right? Sorry. Right, what's um, your next one? Yep, my next one, I'm going the Saints over the Panthers. Uh, I just The Saints, to me, clearly the better football team. It's been a nice year for the Carolina Panthers and everything like that, no doubt. But I think the Saints got back on track last week. There's And their defense – you know, again, you know, I think a lot of it there. Offensively, I think they're clicking in all phases. Drew Brees feeling comfortable, everything like that. The chance it's still the one seed, still viable there, everything. They're going to want to go in the playoffs, you know, uh, peaking at the right time. I got Saints 30-17. I'm going with them. Yeah, look, I thought about that one, but uh, I'm, I'm going to go with one that uh, I think was, was clearly sealed when Andy Reid announced this week that Patrick Mahomes won't play. The Chiefs, as we discussed earlier, this is their week off, not their bye week where you work and you prepare and you grind a little bit. This is relax. This is with a one seed. This is it doesn't matter. Chargers as two-and-a-half-point favorites at Arrowhead Stadium. Boy, if you'd have told Anthony Lynn in week one you were going to be favored on the road against the Chiefs in week 17, he'd have been pretty excited about the season to come. No, but they can still finish with a four-game winning streak. I think they will. I think they'll cover because, as we've established, the Chiefs really don't care about this one. Chargers win. That's my second-best bet. What's your third one, Chris? I, I, that game, I'm, I'm, you, you got a lot of guts for going there. I mean, I want to pick that game. I've I, I got to start here. I don't know what it is. I'm a little scared of it. I'm going to go with the Titans and the seven-and-a-half. And let me just say, in full transparency, I'm scared. I, I, I think that, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if Deshaun Watson made it close and the Titans win by three points. But I also can sit here and go, I think Tennessee could win by 25 points and just smash them into, you know, into oblivion with the run game and all that. So I'm going to go with the Titans that they bounce back and get things straight. I got them winning by 10. I'm going to go with them. I've got the Packers at Soldier Field giving five and a half to the Whoa. Bears. We talked during PFT Live today about how Aaron Rodgers really wants to win the MVP. They lose that game, he's not winning the MVP. They need that one seed, I think, for him to nail it down. So I like them to win. I like them to cover. What's your Folsom Prison Blues pick this week, Chris? Well, the, the New Orleans over the Carolina Panthers. There's no way they lose to the Panthers. No way. I didn't make the Ravens one of my best bets. I thought about it. 13 is too much for me. But the Ravens are my team that will win no matter what this week, especially because it was three years ago when the Bengals beat the Ravens to keep the Ravens out of the playoffs. These Ravens are hot, and they're going to be dangerous, and they're going to punch their ticket on Sunday by beating the Bengals. That's it. Happy New Year to everybody. Enjoy the games. We'll see you back here again real soon. Happy New Year. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.